welcome sexually repressed nuns, doctors who specialize in leeches, and horny 17th century priests. This is Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. I'm joined once again by my fellow witch hunters and exorcists, Jonathan Astro and AJ. How the hell are we? <laughs> Much better after that introduction. That's right. That was fantastic. Uh, very good. AJ, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. <laughs> the I'm room's right. not purple. Are we going to have football corner this week? You're still riding the highs? Well, I'm just, you know, we're taking taking it one week at a time. <laughs> and right? it was Friday night. And it was a big one. So, Ricky, I don't want to give it away, but we fucking blew them away. All right? So, uh, anyway, that's that. People, you didn't come here to listen to me talk about that. You want to talk about uh, 1971's The Devils by Ken Russell. This is the... Closing film in our in our Ken Russell cycle. Um, I suspect this is this is this is going to be you know a, people going to have a lot to say. So you know, I don't even want to know what you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, don't even don't look at me. In fact, when I read out when I when I do the synopsis, <laughs> do you remember the first time your thoughts were turned to evil things? He plies me with caresses, lustful, obscene. He enters my bed at night and takes from me that which is consecrated to my divine right, God, Jesus Christ. And what form does this incubus take? <laughs> Who is responsible for this evil possession? But of course I can prove nothing. This Mother Superior may be little more than a hysterical nun. But if it is a genuine case of possession by devils, and if Grandier himself was proved to be involved, then yes, I think it bears investigation, gentlemen. You've been a magician. I'd call my good devils. You face eternal damnation. Conjecture is useless. We need a professional witch hunter. We must send for Father Barre. This is one of those ones that look. It's it's a little complex, so you got to stay with me, and I'll try and not get too lost in these names. And my French isn't very good either, just as a warning. So, the story takes place in the 17th century France in a little old town called Loudun. Uh, the town's governor has just died, and it's now in the hands of Urbain Grenier, played by Oliver Reed. 
kind of masculine and imposing priest who has uh, more than a few admirers. So uh, there's the daughter of a local magistrate, for instance, who's who he's teaching Latin to when they're not having sex, of course. Uh, there's a hunchbacked nun called Sister Jeanne, played by uh, Vanessa Redgrave, who lusts after him from behind the bars of her nunnery that she leads. And finally, there's Madeleine de Bru, a virginal young thing who fell in love with the priest, uh, Granier, that is, when he offered solace to her dying sister. Was it a sister or a mother? Mother. 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 <laughs> mother. Okay, all right. Good. I just, yep, very good. Uh, the big picture, I didn't lead with this because I think you can get lost in this. So that's the main story. But the big picture of the story is that there's this big time cardinal uh, in pursuit of, of, of power and he's trying to sweet talk King Louis the Thirteenth uh, to destroy the fortifications of towns like Luden to stop a Protestant uprising. Okay, that's <laughs> sort of get a bit lost in that. So the king says, "Yeah, okay, all right, you can destroy all the, the these towns or the, and their and their fortifications, so we they can we can have more control over them. Uh, but you but you must stay away from Luden. I, I made a promise to the now dead governor." So, for the moment, they seem to be safe. Anyway, in the meantime, uh, Grandier uh, marries the virginal blonde, uh, Madeleine de Bru. That, that was the, uh, uh, the third admirer I mentioned, I believe. Uh, in a secret ceremony, he, mar- he, he gets married to her, news of which spreads to Sister Jeanne uh, at the nunnery, uh, stinging her with jealousy. So, now this is a new character, but I miss, this name's difficult. I'm going to have to step through this. Baron uh, Le Barbon, <laughs> ba- Baron Le Barbon uh, arrives to demolish the city. Uh, he's sort of working for uh, the king, and uh, and Grandier uh, Grandier stands in the way with armed soldiers and demands to see authority from the king. Uh, and uh, obviously, he doesn't have it, so he, he saves the the town for another day. Uh, anyway, Sister Jeanne. Uh, applies for uh, Grandier to become the regular confessor or the spiritual advisor for her nunnery. And she's disappointed when another priest shows up instead after she writes to, to Grandier. Uh, and basically, he's blown her off and sent a flunky. All right. So, <laughs> Sister, Sister Jean tells the priest that Father Grandier has bewitched her uh, in concert with the devil with his big ding dong. So the news gets back to Baron uh, Le Barmont, who employs sort of this rock star professional witch hunter called Father Barre. He rolls up and gets a confession from Sister Jean about Grenier's alleged bewitching, you know, after an enema or two. <laughs> and uh, so the nuns from the nunnery are then dragged to the woods by uh, Le Barmont, Le Barmont. Uh, and the, the, the witch hunter and essentially threatened and brainwashed into believing that they are possessed by the devil and or Grenier. Uh, so Grenier is subsequently arrested, put on trial, despite never even having met Sister Jeanne, who is feeling regretful uh, now that it's all playing out, and she even admits that Grenier is in fact innocent. But it's too late. So at the trial, he admits his mortal sins, but refuses the charges of possession pointing out that he is being targeted for political reasons. So they want to take over the town, he says. He's tortured in the hope that he will confess, but surprising everyone, he goes to his death, still proclaiming his innocence. And, as he predicts, the town is destroyed, as he said it would be. Uh, Le, Bourbon, uh, uh, 
Lebemamon. The Baron. I should have said. I should have said. I should have said. The Baron delivers. Baza delivers to Sister Jean a little souvenir, a charred phallic bone of Grenier's. That was the Devils. So, I mean, you know, did you follow the story when you were watching this movie? Firstly, I did actually. I found it such an amazing movie. It just sucked me in. So I, I I got it straight away. Like it sounds confusing when you read it out like that, but you've got, mm. yeah, you've got that, that smaller story, which is the priest and getting married and sort of his situation in the town. And then you've got that larger story of the Cardinal trying to take over these cities and, and then they kind of smash together at the end and you have the trial and the, the you know, the torture and the, the exorcisms and, all that good stuff. All the good stuff. Mm. All the good stuff. I, I thought maybe we, sh- we should start by talking about the controversy surrounding this, this movie because people claim it to be the most controversial film ever made um, be- because of its gra- graphical, it's very, very graphic violence, nudity, sexuality, and that kind of... Sexual violence as well. Sexual that's, violence, that's yeah. The, that's, that's the big no-no, remember? In taking, and mixed in with religion you can't too. Have, you know, yeah, well, that's right. You know, you can get you can kill three hundred people in Taken and John Wick, yeah. but the yeah. moment if well, firstly, if there's sex in it, that's a problem. But sexual violence actually puts it into the next category of like we probably got to ban it. Like that's usually mm. it's all you're always in the in the sites when yep. you, when you mix those two, regardless of context. Mm. Yeah, so it it uh, it received an X rating. In both the United States and the United, and the United Kingdom, um, it was banned in several countries. Heavily edited for release in others. Uh, in most countries, the film has never been released in its original uncut form. Um, oh wow! Cri- uh, critics dismissed the film for its explicit content, uh, although it did win uh, Best Director at the Venice Film Festival, and I think it won another another National uh, Board of Review well. Best Director. Yes. Yeah. I think wow. that's it. And the film remained banned in Finland until 2001. <laughs> what a bunch of stiffs. Crazy. Yeah, I, I'm surprised about that. I thought Scandinavians were like, just whatever. Is it a religion thing? Mm. I, don't, I don't know. What's mm. Finland into? Anyway, yeah, there's two, there are two famous scenes that are cut out that, that have never been inserted into the film. And uh, the first one is the ra- what they claim... Well, they, they, they call it the Rape of Christ, which is when the nuns pull down the massive statue of Christ on the cross and basically just mount him. Then also <laughs> the the bone masturbation scene, which right. you, you mentioned okay. you mentioned the nun gets that, that charred femur of the priest at the end as a souvenir. Mm. But what you don't see, which was we, is which what you're you supposed to see, see <laughs> is what you want to see. And that she uses it to fuck herself. Oh. So, AJ, were you aware of those two scenes? I was not. And I wish that they were in it. But it's one of those <laughs> things, though. They sound great, but but at the same time... Do we need them? Uh, well, I, know, I, I think you get it. Like, I mean, you know, uh, maybe it's the old South Park thing. You know, you've got to... You've got, Matt and Trey, you've got to put in too much so they mm. cut off the excess and yes. then you get yeah, what yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure want, Ken yeah. wants it all, but... You know, there's plenty of stuff that pushes the boundaries in this movie, and and that shot of the bone uh, without without 
you know, actually joining the dots is why it's better than yeah. everything else. And it kind of looked mm. like a dick anyway. It kind of well, looked like a dick and balls. It did, absolutely. <laughs> a big, a big black one. Balls. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, it's charged. Half so. luck. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, so... Well, they're very um, controversial uh, and... Yeah, but I don't know. So, so AJ, what did you, what did you, what did you think? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought the, um, I thought Oliver Reed was amazing. He's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I've seen any Oliver Reed films. He's in Oliver. Oh yes, I, well I've seen that as Daddy Warbucks. Bill, so- Bill Sykes. Oh. I don't think Daddy Warbucks is in <laughs> Oliver, but he should be somehow. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the same though, aren't yeah. they? Those kid kidsy sort of fucking musicals. <laughs> but no, no, he's he's Bill Sykes and he's terrifying in, in all of us. He he he's he's the biggest big man. But he He's is, a big man in real life too, yeah? Yes, he is. There there he is what a tragic figure. Mm. You know, just just there are so many of these guys like him, Richard Burton, but Oliver Reed really you you know s- so incredible i don't know whether he was drunk out of his mind on this movie or not i don't know whether he was there or cared but the the thing about people like marlon brando and oliver reed is that when even if they phone it in it's fucking amazing Mm. and and they've just got it you Mm. know they don't have to be there they don't have to be in fully engaged there are people like you know tom cruise and who have to work really hard Mm. Like have to, he has to work really hard to to do to to give you an amazing performance, you know. Whereas uh, Oliver, clearly he does, mm. you know. Whereas Oliver Reed just can do it, and and he is just a total, absolutely magnetic. Just that, just the way he speaks, his cadence, mm. yeah. the the the, you know, uh, he can make you, you could listen to him forever, mm. you know, mm. the stuff he says, incredible. Well, his, and his um, character in this film is badass like the way he stands up to the guy uh who wants to tear down the city walls is like boss it's fearless yeah yeah yes i ask again who is responsible here baron de labardemont first president of the court of appeal member of the council for the state and now his majesty's special commissioner for the demolition of the fortifications of Loudun. At your service, father. For what purpose has his majesty authorized the destruction of our town, Baron de Labardemont? I thought you would have been the first to guess the purpose, father, and the first to condone it. Loudun is a nest of dangerous Huguenots. They outnumber we good Catholics two to one. Every single Protestant in Loudun remained loyal to the king and to France throughout the religious wars. Today's loyalty is no guarantee against tomorrow's rebellion, I speak father. as I find. Where is his majesty's proclamation? Don't concern yourself with politics, father. Your penitents are waiting. Majesty's proclamation authorizing this demolition. But a common priest, you act uncommonly like a governor, Father. Where is your authority? Here! By the authority of our late governor, Saint Mark, assuring me full powers until such time as a new election is held. Here! His Majesty's proclamation has been delayed. The matter of a few days, a mere formality. Should one more stone be torn from our city walls, you will be dead before it touches the ground. 
No, he's an incredible figure. And, you know, again, tragic because he just became, in real life, became a drunk and, you know, just, just had that sad uh, falling off the map mm. that happens to er- Errol Flynn, all of them, you know, those they, they just suddenly just, you know, they dissipate sort of, you know. Mm. Um, there was a really pathetic video on, on YouTube where he's on some weird talk show for some reason they thought it was a good idea and it's like in the 70s or something the 80s maybe they thought it would be good to get him and like these you know some intellectuals and and some feminists and there's a famous feminist on the on the couch next to him and he's drunk and you know she's talking about all the second wave feminist stuff and at one point he says you know all you need is a bit of a you know, a bit of a good old shagging or something like that, you know? And he leans over, gr- grabs her by the face and gives her a big smooch. Oh. <laughs> and then she says, I can't believe you're all going to let him do that to me. You're not going to do anything. And it was the, before, before the days where, you know, um, yeah, that, that, I don't know, like there was no, it's weird that, 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 it, that there was no mushroom cloud like there would yeah. be now. But they do, all the guys do say, well, uh, you know, he goes, oh, so you want me to leave, do you? And then everyone says, yes, I think it'd be good if you left. Yes. And then he sort of just like leaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? A woman will never, ever forgive a man that he fucks her. She is the receiver. He never forgives him if he doesn't. <laughs> I'll buy that, sir. <laughs> I'll buy that. So we walk in every plank, in every regiment, in every corps, in everything, that you are the receivers. You take our seed, you look after our babies, and we'll go do the hunting for you. I don't believe in the death penalty, but I can see that there is a strong public argument on on, on that. There is, and there's a passionate public feeling about the death penalty. Do I have to? Am I expected to? No, no, of course you're not expected to speak about that. Oliver, please. Please. It's clearly upset, Kate. I'm very sorry. Very sorry. Sorry, but I mean, that's aggressive, it's obnoxious. Is that something you want to visit upon someone you've invited to your program? I think think it is unacceptable. Oliver, you've been a bore. Sorry. You've been a bore and you know you have. Sorry. Right. Do you really mean the sorrow? No, he doesn't. Do you want me to go? No. I'd love it if you would. I think you're an awful bully. And I think it's appalling that anybody should have to put up with it. Do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Gentlemen? I think you should. Offer. I think that's I the, the collective opinion. Good night. Good night, gentlemen. Good, Good night, night, ladies. Good night. But it's the most grotesque thing ever. And so that yeah, is the tragic yeah. side of, of, of someone so amazing. Mm. And he was oh. drunk on many talk shows. Why? <laughs> but, but, but fuck those people. Why would you get... You know he's he's yeah. you know you are feeding his destruction. Mm. If you he probably plied him with liquor backstage. Yeah, probably that's like right. this is going to be great. This is you know? everything was in the green room. That's <laughs> right. So yeah, no, he's fantastic. I, I love all the actors in this. Mm. Like like I yeah. think the the actors are, are outstanding. Vanessa Redgrave's amazing. Mm. Uh, a sister Jean, mm. um, and and what a performance! And you know, just on her. I mean, I've I, she's in Blow Up, which is an, uh, another great film, but I've never really been a massive fan. But this is the for me the best thing she's ever done, and you know, just so many little things like she's got this 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 uh, <laughs> this laugh that she does in the movie. Yeah. Have you heard, you heard yeah. this laugh? Yeah, yeah. Different ones. It's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds unhinged. 
yeah, yeah. It, yes. it is unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and she laughs at the worst stuff as well, yeah. like like just always deranged stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, and um, so also the role of a lifetime, mm. you know. Uh, and and it was in the days when you didn't have to be the thing to play the thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, so you don't actually have to have a hunchback to play a hunchback. You don't but have that's to be the a thing. nun. To I, play I read nun. something recently. Mm. There was some <laughs> some outgoing guy on uh, from the Royal Shakespeare Company in, in the UK, or whatever. Like the, the director, or whatever, is retiring, or whatever, and he said that from now on, disabled people should only play Richard the Third or something. Like, <laughs> you because know, he's got a bit of a hump and a limp or something. And you just go, for fuck's sake! Like, so I mean, this the this role is is for the ages mm. and. Yeah. Uh, no American film or actress, for that matter, from America would be able to accomplish this feat for so many reasons. And they won't for decades, if ever. Like, I can't believe it. Like, imagine coming in and saying, yeah, I want you, I want you to be sexually repressed. Well, a nun, sexually repressed, um, uh, unsympathetic, mm. you know, and uh, deranged and, and masochistic and... You know, just the uh, the whole gamut, right? Mm. And and now, but and and the sticking point that wouldn't be the sticking point, okay? The fact that she does like you know she's a liar, she's she destroys people, destroys the town, really. She's Amber Heard. Well, she is Amber Heard, but <laughs> the problem is, what what people would say is they'd go, oh, she's got a hump though. So. Yes. And you go, what? What do you mean? Finish the sentence. Well, you know, she's just like, um, she sees the world differently. And you go, what the fuck are you talking about? She sees the world differently. So anyway, that was just, I think, just one of the many relics of another, of another time. I attend Mass daily. I love God. And now that both my parents are dead, I'm free to serve him. I know I have a vocation, Reverend Mother. <laughs> you have the face of a, a virgin martyr in a picture book. Very pious. Respectful black weeds, very becoming. That's such a pretty rosary. It was my mother's. What's this? Oh, yes, the imitation of Christ. <laughs> Solid silver. And downcast eyes. <laughs> Hiding what? Virtue or lechery? <laughs> so you have one sin at least. The sin of pride. Do you know why most of us are here? Because you love our Lord Jesus Christ and wish to serve him. Most of the nuns here are noble women who have embraced the monastic life because there was not enough money at home to provide them with dowries. <laughs> or they were unmarriageable because ugly, a burden to the family. Well, her her fantasies are pretty out mm. there considering it's pre-internet porn era, you know. I mean, mm. gash licking. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. That's hard. So she's fantasizing <laughs> about uh, uh, about Jesus on the cross, but then sees mm, the, yes. the priest as Jesus, and then he comes down from the cross, and she just gets down on her knees and starts, you know, going at the gash yeah. inside yeah, like, of his... Uh, the Cronenbergian yeah. Videodrome style, mm. like licking the, the, the wound, the, the, yep. the, the spear wounds on the mm. side of Christ. Yeah. Uh, and in a time when... 
because we don't understand this. That's right. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. The, the religious stuff, mm. like like we live in a, an aggressively secular time, like mm. aggressive, yeah, so aggressive that people are like people get angry if you if you go, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not quite sure, like you know, well, what happens after death or something. Mm. People go, people get they go crazy. They go fucking how dare you? Like how they're, so, they're just like <laughs> that's they're, they're, it. You die. Ex- that's it. You fucking dickhead. You die. There's nothing. Just nothing. No, that's it. They're excited about there being nothing. And and if you if you have like one mild little question mark, be like, oh, no, I'm not really sure what the prime mover of the universe was. <laughs> they go. They go. It was fucking nothing. Fucking nothing. There so was it's, just it's, one so anyway, day. One day there was just a big bang, and that was it. That was it. So, but this was back in the day, in the days when religion still had some purchase. It's like fucking fifty years ago. Yeah. Fifty yeah, yeah. years ago, people like so you could actually, you know, religion was a thing in in the West. That is, I mean, yep. it's certainly a thing in some other yeah. places now. <laughs> but in the West, it was a thing too. So yes, I think we forget that. Uh, that must have been the the whole point of the controversy because 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 the sex stuff. Because wait, what what are we saying is controversial from our point of view now? Because back then, the sacrilegious stuff mm. would have been... Yeah. I mean, they tried to ban fucking Life of Brian. Yeah. This is the same era. Yeah. yeah. So this would be on the Vatican's hit list. Whereas from the modern perspective, it's offensive for a raft of other reasons, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, probably the, the sex stuff, maybe. The, the two doctors, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. So there's these, these two low-end... Uh, sort of self-styled doctors <laughs> who, who have who are applying their own. Uh, they're just you know they're they're adventurers. Well, they're this this is probably pioneers, cutting you know? cutting edge medicine for sixteen nineteen or whenever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah with the putting, so, so someone's got the plague <laughs> and they they've got them on a laying on a crocodile. <laughs> yes, and they're putting hornets on their their lesions. Yeah, yeah, legions, hornets, you know. and hornets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever works, yeah. you know. Just get them on work. those nips. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Father, please come quickly. The chemist and the surgeon is no good. Mother's dying. The delicate dusting of pollen, nature's most fragrant balm, the eucalyptus pollen. From the Greek eucalyptus, covered flower, protected by a cap. A trap for the heroic ornaments. I'm an actor, a healer. <laughs> a poison to exercise poison. A kill or cure. <laughs> Yesterday, powdered mistletoe. Black cherry water. It's a recognized cure. Nobody ever complains. Leeches. Dry vipers. Sarsaparilla and poppy heads. And now what? Ah! Hornets. They're ready now. And what fresh lunacy is this? A crocodile! Schoolgirls walking two by two! Simeon reptile! Corpuscular circulation! Oh. Invaluable aid! Oh. 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 Well, those two doctors are the most terrifying characters I think I've seen in cinema. Like, you know, they're just. The, the leeches, the hornets, the, the boiling hot enemas, the forced mm. vomiting, and then the inspection, inspection of it. the vomiting too. Like, ooh, checking it out uh, for semen and for human flesh. Yes. And, you know, and the and fucking crocodile. And they get crocodile. rich too. So they, 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 you know. Well, actually, maybe that's the, that's the... Look, I'm just trying to think big stuff before we drill down. So I think that part of the reason, see what you think. Like, I think the 
part of the reason perhaps this this movie is so spectacular. I think it's a masterpiece. Mm. And is the story so rich because of the characters yeah. uh, and, and the care put into their each of their appearances. So basically, uh, even the smallest characters uh, seem to have an arc or go through some change. You know, we've got characters who go from poor to rich, sane to insane, damned to redeemed. You know, or 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 virginal to you know damned. It it, it just it, it goes on and on, and those two characters are, are just a, a great example. So basically, all of these characters serve to give us this sort of Charles Dickens like, or in more modern terms, The Wire did this, mm. uh, a complete vision of this town. The reason you know Luden so well is because of the of the characters uh, that uh, we follow in in each of the different uh, strata of of this of this town so you know grandier is the head priest and he's the stand-in leader obviously you know we we know what he's all about of the town but then above him there's the king and then there's the cardinal you know dealing with the they get his insight into the country or country level matters or Mm. state level or religion then we've got but then we go down into the town we've got the baker the hotelier both who try and just two guys who try and stand up to, uh, for Grenier uh, at one point. Um, there's the magistrate uh, and his daughter who white uh, face, yeah, the white <laughs> the, the the daughter with her painted face, yeah. um, which that thing happens a lot in Ken Russell's. Have you seen this white face thing? Yeah, that yeah. happens a lot. So anyway, we see her titties, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> if you if you wanted to know, listener, anyway. <laughs> So, uh, but but the her uncle is the number two priest in the town, Father Mignon, mm. who's the guy that ends up going to the to the to the nunnery. So, you know, we've also got the Baron and the Witch Hunter. There's the nuns I just mentioned. Complex web of connections mm. that is sort of like more way more re- rewarding on repeat viewings, and the, the the interconnections between the characters are it's very intricate and it totally works, and they end up influence thing you know actions that they take influence of the story mm. do you know what i mean so people end up uh you know t- betraying father uh grandier or, or or you know acting in a certain way based on things people have done you know and th- and that is why it's so spectacular this is sometimes it feels like stories are happening because like two characters, uh, like in nine months, like th- there wasn't much chemistry between the two leads. There was some stuff that was happening because we were watching the movie. Mm. We were watching the movie and things were happening. Whereas in this movie, it's one of those, all these spinning plates, are, you know, sort of interacting with each other. And I think that is, you know, a sign for me. That's what, re- what I really got out of it this time. Mm. How many times do you think you've seen it? Not that many because I came to it fairly late. It was hard to get right. for many okay. years. Yeah. So it wasn't available. Like you couldn't, like in the 90s, you couldn't see it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd heard about it. I, was my, I didn't really know much about it. And then, you know, uh, so I saw it fairly late. I uh, And I think I might have seen it on the big screen perhaps in Melbourne at some point. And, but now like it just gains and gains and gains. Like every time I see it, I, I, I'm more moved by it and and confused that that people don't again that people don't talk about it more mm. you know um yeah. i think it's a, it's yeah it's honestly one of the best films of of certainly of the 1970s mm. well how would you how would you watch it today is it available can you buy it absolutely there you go so i i know not well and if you're in australia 
Probably not. Like it wouldn't be on iTunes even. So mm. you'd have to sign up to Mubi or one of these fucking things or whatever, maybe. But then they don't have those movies on, on, on hand. So if you're in America, slightly easier. But yeah, but this is the problem. We've talked about this. Like the access is the problem. Like so Netflix are too interested in, in you know, what they're doing that people don't get to watch this, you mm. know? So it's sort of like, yeah, we're in this dark dark age right now where a film like this, everyone should everyone should be watching this mm. for, for many reasons. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is interesting. Like we've never been so technologically advanced. Like it's never been so easy to, to watch a movie, sit down, stream it. But mm. certain films you just cannot see. Absolutely, and I yeah. can name them all. <laughs> like it's just, you know, any all the good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just try and find uh, any of Akira Kurosawa's movies or Fellini's movies. Just try and find them. Mm. You know, you'll find two. There'll be like, you know, all the movies Kurosawa made. There'll be like two. It'll be like Ran and Rashomon, and they'll go anyway. That's it. And you go, well, what's the difference? Can't you just like, can't someone just buy the library and put it on, and, and people can pay for it if they want like what's the yeah. problem yeah yeah you know so that is that is supremely annoying and ken russell's films all the interesting people so we're getting this this loss of knowledge and i think we talk about this every now and then on the show like basically the chain's broken so film culture is sort of been broken a little bit you know we don't go and watch these movies and talk about them and get together and talk about them except on podcasts and uh so you know therefore there's no pressure or no interest for... I mean, when I taught those the screenwriting to, to the youngsters uh, a few years ago, yeah, like the stuff... I mean, they hadn't even seen Splash, for goodness sakes, let alone The Devils. You know what I mean? So, you, like, that, you didn't it was play a real, this for the kids, did you? I almost did. I played them some pretty rock and roll stuff, uh, but, but I, I considered this once or twice. Uh, but, you know, I yeah, I didn't, didn't go there in the end. But... I probably should have because because when I did show them stuff that was fucking amazing and, you know, old and good, it blew their minds. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And they loved it. I showed them a race ahead and they loved it. Then they were angry and excited and, you know, you know, hooping and like it was a whole bunch of wonderful reactions. And we used to like that. Yeah, we used to say it was good. To make you feel like that. But we used to <laughs> we used to say that was good. We used to chase that feeling. That was the feeling we chased. And so, you know, this film gets you to, you know, you want to chase that feeling of like, oh wow, it's pushing the boundaries. I'm, I've got, yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated. I've got a weird chubby, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm, I feel sick, you know. I'm, why is this happening to me, you know? And uh, whereas now, I mean, you, you know what's happening now. So anyway, I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real shame. Mm. Yeah. AJ, what did you think of the opening scene? Hectic. The birth of Venus. <laughs> the the Duke acting it. out. So so it's this, you know, it's it's sixteen whatever. So you've got this really kitsch looking like theatrical rendition of the birth of Venus, and Venus is played by this Duke, you know, in drag, wearing like seashells. Yeah. He pre- he pretends to be the Duke later. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. he, when he comes in later with his little mask on and talks to the ah. witch hunter, he's pretending to be a Duke there. But it's that's the king. That's the that's king. The thing, okay. Right? Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. See, I thought it was the king, but then the second viewing because I watched it twice this week, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I heard him say he was the the Duke in that scene. That yeah, 
when when he comes to the exorcism. So, yeah, then I thought, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe he's a duke. That's what he wanted. <laughs> he tricked them, he tricked you. Yes, I got tricked. <laughs> it's not the first time you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, production design in that scene by Derek Jarman. He's a, and he's a famous uh, filmmaker, like a queer filmmaker himself. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. all of that, that outrageous, colourful, mm. sh- shiny, uh, I don't know, that is, to me, that is late 20th century gay cinema. Yeah. All that stuff. And Jerick Jarman is definitely the, 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 the master of that. But the, the king comes up with, with seashells on his, on his uh, chest his and, and on his... Yeah, his nips and his crotch, yeah. and uh, and I don't know, just sort of prances about. <laughs> it's amazing. You know? Yes, and that's yeah. the opening scene. Yeah. That's the opening scene. Scene yeah, one. Like, yeah. Oh my god, it's like I'm it's, in. it's full on. <laughs> but it sets the table, though. It, it sets yes. the table in so many ways because the king said, "Well, the king and the cardinal make their little pact." Mm. Like I don't know, any, I I'm very ignorant about about that time in history in european history so i just have to take everyone's word for it and i'm like okay yeah. so uh, it, but it, that's why this is great because because the king comes up to well it's a reveal that it's the king we think it's an actor and mm. then it's like oh it's the king he's playing making his own plays and then he, the car go the cardinal's bored watching watching it and there's all these sort of yeah these 20th century gays all around them, like like in the yeah. you know watching on, like just hangers sort of on, coterie yeah. of mm. yeah, hangers on or watching, and then the the cardinal says like you know let's they they make their pact to make France a better place or whatever. In other words, a power grab, and that kicks off the whole thing. Most original conception, Your Majesty, the birth of Venus. I pray that I may assist you in the birth of a new France where church and state are one. Amen. It's got, it's quite a sco- got a lot of scope. Mm. Yeah, you know, it really sets the table. It goes okay now. This because you could start in Luden. But it doesn't. It starts, yeah. you know, grand, and then we, yeah. we we zero in on, you know. So therefore, the story is is about something big. Mm. Yeah, but it also it shows the 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 debauchery and the 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 kind of sick lifestyle of the aristocracy as well. You know, because I mean, the, the the average person in 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 Luton doing this sort of shit, you know, would probably be I don't know, just cast out as a as what a do you sinner, mean? They're you not know? shooting people. They're not shooting people dressed in bird costumes. Another great scene. The king. Yes. The king shooting. It, it, it's done over an exposition scene as well. Mm. He's just talking to the cardinal and he's firing off these guns. And then the wonderful reveal at the end of the scene is that they're releasing these guys dressed in blackbird costumes and he, the king has been shooting them through the whole yeah. scene. Mm. Yeah. It's incredible. And they have to run away. Yeah. No! All the others, if you like, Richelieu. If you can manage it. But not Ludon. We once promised dear old Saint Mart, the late lamented governor, that we would never touch one teeny weeny stone of his precious city. You would surely not expect us to go back on our word. 
No, Your Majesty. Yes? <laughs> yes? Go, oh, pretty little birdie! Fly away! Fly away! Another Protestant bird for your bag, Richelieu? Honorably done, Your Majesty. This is what I got watching as with little details. I think one of them might be the the priest at the nunnery, as in oh. that's why they need a new priest. Because oh. it, go, it goes from the king's laughter, smash cut yeah, to, to Sister Jean's laughter. laughing, yep. and she says, oh, Father so-and-so, he was, he was oh. this or that, but we need a new confessor. And then she, goes, she writes to Father Granier. To get him to, to be the to be the new spiritual advisor. So this is what I was talking about. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not just. I mean, you could just take. I normally just take that in and go, okay, shooting people dressed birds. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. That's fine. That's what he is doing. Mm. But when you put, when you actually pay attention, you go, oh no, wait a minute. There's actually design. Mm. So, mm. No, it was and it was a brilliant scene and it was a short scene, but it was extremely yes. effective. But there's that big payoff, like the reveal at the end is such a big payoff. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Mm. Yes. Masterful. Mm. Are we going to talk about this orgy scene or? <laughs> I, I think we should. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I came here for. That's what the listeners came here for. So, that, so this is one of the scenes that's been cut out, right? Like that, that's, that's presumably, right. it has to be. I think it is. I'm almost 100% sure that it is. Uh, and basically lots of nudity. Um, running around. I've actually seen the un- unrated version. I've seen I've seen the the, the full one on the big screen at, at Cinematheque in Melbourne once. So I have seen there was. I think there that might be some shit even cut out of this one we watched. Oh right. Well, we, we know there is. You said there was, but yeah. I don't remember them pulling down. I re- I do remember them pulling down the statue of Christ. Did they do that in this one? No. And sit on it and stuff. I've no, seen we. This. Oh. oh wow, were you seen wow. the the real deal then? Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I do remember that, and I miss it. So, but there's a quick. There's lots, there's lots, lots in this anyway. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's my favourite bit is so the nuns are going crazy. They've they've torn their clothes off, of course, and uh, then there's this one shot of one of the nuns we've been following at the time sitting in front of a. a Big fat candle, whacking it off, <laughs> like yeah. up and down, double hand, and then licking, and then licking the flames, licking the flames, like you know, which is incredible. Like that is ten out of ten, full commitment. Yeah. Do you know? I mean, put it this way: Frank Langella, the actor, just got fucking cancelled like this week oh. for putting his hand on, on on an actress's leg during a love scene uh, and that wasn't in the in the script or whatever and Fucking she walked hell. off set she walked <laughs> off set he waited and said is she coming back she never came back what? Uh, cuz what they'd gone through with the intimacy advisor or the intimacy coach the hand on the leg wasn't there so he's fucking finished he was fired from the show uh, Netflix show he's gone erased so imagine Imagine how many intimacy coaches you'd need more intimacy coaches than actors that were in this movie. Like you would need an army of them. You'd say, okay, so is it okay if she sits in front of the candle? Is it okay if she does a double-handed <laughs> whacking off of it? And they go, mm, no, it's not okay. And I go, well, is it? Is, can, is she allowed to do it? 
and then the, and then you go and can she lick the flames like you know like that you know like spooge or something <laughs> and they go hmm uh, I disapprove of this and <laughs> I don't want you to do it <laughs> you know and she's not doing it and you're cancelled so anyway th- I just don't know how you would do a scene like this like this stuff they're clearly in a, in a uh, in a state all of them just doing whatever. <laughs> Listen, Phil, I'm going to speak a name to you. Grenier! Well, let me, let me dip my toe into trivia for just a second here, because this is relevant. So, uh, the film's violence and sexual content garnered much controversy. Uh, Numerous sources reported various uh, uh, outrages taking place on the closed set, asserting that Ken Russell was filming lewd and depraved acts, a laboratory destroyed footage after declaring it obscene. And according uh, to a November 1970 Daily Record article, several young actresses reported that they were sexually assaulted by extras whilst being forced to walk naked through the crew, resulting in a demand by the actors' uh, equity uh, that their representatives be present during production. So Shit got a bit loose. Mm. Yeah, it did. Well, you know, that's no good. Um, <laughs> We've got to find a... <laughs> we got to find a middle ground. You know? <laughs> I agree. There, there yeah. should be a middle ground. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It would be some pretty loose guys. Yeah. Though. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Now, before we run out of time, uh, AJ, Keeper or Creeper, come on. Ooh. It's only, there's not, there's, there's only a couple tonight. Look, I could have gone deep on it, but I'm trying to, you know, I didn't want to bring you the best, really. So, <laughs> I've got, I was going to throw the king in there, but, okay. but I feel after that, Let's be frank. I think he might be a bender. Yeah. Well, that scene at the exorcism where he's talking about how disgusting the female form is and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Those are women, my darling. Look well. Vomit if you wish. No, don't touch them. Man is born of them. Gross things. Nasty. Breeding ground. Eggs hatched out in hot dung. No, don't drink your little nose, my pet. Here, take this scent. Some men love them. This poor deluded priest, Grandier, for example, he deserves all he gets. But even um, Minion. Mignon. Mignon. He looks like. With yes. that haircut. With the bowl yes, cut. I guess. Well, he's, well, he's not we'd, on the list. We'd call him pansexual today. He's yes. just pansexual. I'll call him Lefem. All right. Okay. Now I'll give you the two, and then you can okay. give me your answers after. So first up, we'll start with Oliver Reed as Father Urbane Grenier. Uh, successful. Mm. Okay. Uh, a taste for the finer things, books and statues, and you know, finery. Mm. So I don't know if you if that's nice. Bit of a hulking figure. Yes. Sort of got that fifties bodybuilder vibe. Mm. You know, like sort of like terrible diet, but works out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. That sort of look, That's you know. Description. Uh, a bit of a love rat, mm. but yeah, that's no crime. That's right. You know, I mean, like we all still like John Mayer. That's true. And he's a love rat. Definitely. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, 
I think Claire Danes, she's a bit of a love rat, isn't she? Hasn't she jumped around a bit? Or... Mustache anyway. rides. Well, look, we'll, just, we'll leave that there. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so basically, uh, look, I'll, I'll let him do the talking. So, he's got v- his views, uh, uh, but he gives you his views on what you can expect, I think, uh, in this little, uh, you know, the beginning's a bit long, but, but we'll, 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 he'll, we'll let him speak for me. You know the lovemaking? Yes. I want to tell you, Madeline, that amongst the clothes dropped on the floor and the groping and the sweating and the soiled sheets, amongst all that, there is some love. (laughs) (laughs) What a romantic. (laughs) <laughs> so, I mean, he says, first he asks you, do you know the lovemaking? <laughs> yeah. And then so she knows. She knows. They all know. They all know. So she knows. And uh, then he just says, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to look forward to. So <laughs> amongst all of that. So anyway, that's uh, uh, Urbane Grenier. Um, next up, uh, Michael Gotard as uh, Father Pierre Barre. Okay. Now, Father Barre, it's he'll be good if you if you like interesting work. All right. I mean, the pillow talk is going to be something else. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> what did you get up to today, honey? He says, oh, nothing. You know, just a couple of exorcism enemas. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, okay. But anyway, but unfortunately, he does have to go where the work is. <laughs> So stability That's might true. be a bit of an issue. Mm. So you may be on the road. Either you're either on the road or you're staying at home, and mm. I don't know. Even might be trust issues there. I don't know. That's but true. but um, he is surprisingly, from what I've seen, he's a little jacked up. He's <laughs> <laughs> got arms, big jacked up arms. Have you seen this? Uh, like, no, I didn't notice. He's got, oh, I, I did. He's, that he's, he's jacked. Big, he had like well, he had like you know sort of he's like athletic. muscular arms. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Well, he wasn't like cut like <laughs> in the way he didn't. It's not 2022 where you can just like do what they do now, st- actual steroids. But <laughs> he was doing as good as he can back in the day. Anyway, good arms. All right. Now, enemas, whatever, like, you know, just all that stuff that he has to do, whatever. But I'm just saying, he does have long hair. He does. Is that, is that a deal breaker or? No, doesn't have to be. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That's good. Just had to check. So, all right. Well, let's let's hear it. Keeper or creeper? Mm. Granier. Keeper or creeper? Granier. He he's he's nearly there. Passion <laughs> passion for the cause. Is he yes. going to cheat on me? Well, he did I don't good. think he would. No, not if I was the love of his loyal. life. Yes, yeah. that's mm. true. Yes, you just got to not be the all the other chicks. Yeah, that's right. I've got to be. So, how do you know if how do you know if you're the side chick? Mm. No, well, I think Whiteface knew she was a side chick. She took it badly. She did. She, she did. took it very badly. So, um, she yeah, did I'm gonna have though. to say she did. So, power mm. to her. But then he yeah. died. So, no child support there. Yeah, no. true. <laughs> she blew it. So, keep her Uh Both creepers. Oh, both creepers. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I think Barre was never going to get over. No, he was. Yeah, he was too much. Yeah. There was a lot of yelling in the face. I thought. I thought you were going to go keeper for Grandier. Oh, it was pretty close. I won't lie. 
I like a bit of passion. Yes. He's he's you pretty know, hot too, funny. don't you think? Yeah. yeah, he's all right. Like I said, mustache rides. Anyway. Well, <laughs> I think he's got that. He's just got like a a, a masculine quality mm. that, that yeah. perhaps he's lacking these days. Definitely. Because what, what we like now is, you know, for better or worse, I mean, look, you know, there's always been androgyny and, and la femme and whatever, yeah. but, you know, th- there was also um, sort of a... a, a the, the, the typical sort of what we used to say is the masculine mm. energy, you know, with some people. Whereas now, it just feels like every guy in every show is t- Tom Holland. Mm. Like, just this sort of, like, foppish, thin mm. little yeah. guy who doesn't who wants to basically get the consent form signed, yeah. like, every second but of But everyone life. wanted John Hamm a few years everyone ago. Everyone wanted John Hamm. Because they did, because he played a pig on That's TV. exactly right. Mm. And they're like, mm, I kind of want to... I want a sensitive pig. Yeah. You know, like a guy who's like a little bit of a pig, but, you know, not not so much that he smacks me around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much. <laughs> so what were the what were the reviews like for this film? Oh, the reviews are terrible. No, so. they're not good. <laughs> we, we just picked it up though, so Oh uh, no. Well I think it it contemporary reviews say it's a masterpiece but i give you the reviews right. from the day i think that's that's yeah, more interesting absolutely. they're not into it so um let's see yeah it was it was called outrageous overheated pornographic some people called it um it was publicly condemned by the vatican who uh they acknowledged that it contained some artistic merit but asked that its screenings at the venice film festival be cancelled uh, Judith Christ called the film a grand fiesta for sadists and perverts. Pauline Kael wrote, <laughs> "Yeah, Pauline Kael wrote of the film in the New Yorker that Russell doesn't report hysteria; he markets it." Uh, Vincent Canby, writing in the <laughs> New York good. Times, noted that the film contained silly melodramatic effects and felt that the performances were hindered by the nature of the screenplay writing. Oliver Reed suggests some recognisable humanity as a poor Father Grandier, but everyone else is ridiculous. Vanessa Redgrave, who can be, I think, a fine actress, plays Sister Jean. Jean? Is that how you say it? All right. We're all having trouble with it. I know. Right? Just <laughs> uh, plays, <laughs> I think it's plays Sister Jean uh, with a plastic hump, a Hansel and Gretel giggle, and so much sibilance that when she says Satan is ever ready to seduce us with sensual delights, you might think it's Groucho Marx letting out the air of her tires. Specific. I know. Um, so That's catty. I know. I wanted to bring you a few paragraphs from Roger Ebert because Ebert gave it zero stars, which is... <laughs> zero is, is, stars! ...is rare, but the review... I don't know if he is taking the piss or not in this review, or whether it's right, actually on. really on point. Because you gotta, you gotta remember that that what is this, nineteen seventy one? I mean, they're still in the Vietnam War. So, and this is what he says about okay. it. Okay. Uh, and so I stood in line the other night. My sh- my shoulders hunched against a nasty nasty wind off Lake Lake Michigan, uh, waiting to get into the cinema theater so that I too could ascertain that unspeakable atrocities had occurred in the 17th century. I didn't want to be the only member of my generation unaware of the terrible events of 1634, a year that will live in infamy. 
And Ken Russell has really done it this time. He stripped the lid off respectability of the Ursuline convent in Loudun, France. Uh, he has exposed the cardinal as a political schemer. He has destroyed our illusions about Louis XIII. We are filled with righteous indignation as we bear witness to the violation of the hapless nuns. It is all the more terrible because, as Russell fearlessly reveals, all the nuns without exception were young and stacked. It is about time that someone had the courage to tell it like it was about Ludan, a seemingly respectable provincial town beneath the facade of what seethed simmering intrigues, unholy alliances, greed, fear, lust, sacrilege, and nausea. The story has gone untold for too long. And make no mistake, the devil's has a message for our time. For we learn from the mistakes of the past. We live in a time of violence, and it is only by looking in the mouth of the devil that we can examine its teeth. In a time when our nation is responsible for violence on a global scale, it is only by bearing witness to violence on a personal scale that we can bring the war home. The poisons of our political system have been drained from me. I entered the theatre as an unwitting participant in the atrocities of our time. But believe me, that's all behind me now. It took courage for me to go see the devils, just like it took courage for Ken Russell to make it. Just got two more paragraphs here, two little ones. Uh, and it took courage for all those folks to congregate, congregate in the lobby and lounge of the cinema theatre before, during and after the performance. Now they spoke quietly among themselves of the atrocities they'd witnessed or hoped to witness soon. Listening to them, I felt we could all sleep a little sounder from now on. If the movie industry had more hard-nosed, tell-it-like-it-is artists like Ken Russell, Ludan might never happen again. The fuck? Are, are they sure that... They- Zero stars. I don't know. I think you're right. No, he's he's having a go. You think he's having a go? Yeah, that's. Yeah, he has to be. Um, he has to be because he's um. Well, I'm I'm confused. But that was the whole point of the movie. No, but he he seems to be uh yeah. Well, just I don't know. Just the way I read read it when 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 you when you were reading it out was that he uh was laying it on really thick. Mm. Yes, you know what I mean. In that and and, but he often lays it on thick. Seeing or hearing Oliver Reed and Ken Russell speak about it, that was the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's a it's a, it's all about context and and you know time time's a hell of a thing. Look, yeah, you know, nineteen seventy one. You know, different time, different needs. Because because I read that I read that and went, oh yeah, the Vietnam War was happening and people in America were pissed off about that and mm. sure. they went out to see this movie. And so, yeah, I was confused. Like, I thought, is he taking the piss or is he not? Mm. Um, I just will think, look, he doesn't like these sorts of no. movies. No. And, uh, like, he... So, what we know about him, you know, I'll, I'm happy to say that he would rather not see this movie. And he would just see... He wants but, something but don't you think lighter, he, particularly then. But don't you think he sort of hit the nail on, on, on the head there? Like, as to to what what Russell was kind of... Saying yeah, that's what to I us mean. all, like, yeah, because yeah. it's essentially well, he's it's saying a, like, it's, oh, like we didn't know, like you know that there's horror out there, and I needed yeah. Ken Russell to right. tell me <laughs> what he's <laughs> yeah. saying. He's saying like it is horrible, and what I want to see is singing in the rain. Well, you yeah, know what? I, I think I think our current generation needs to see stuff like this to realize that you know life was so much shittier back in 1630. Uh, so you can shut the fuck up about someone misgendering you or not using the right fucking you know, obscure yeah. pronouns, you know. Mm. So yeah, maybe right. they need to see well, the bills. No, they absolutely do. And so I would say in response to to Roger Ebert that we don't need Spider-Man, we need the devils. Yeah. So, you know, basically there's a couple, a couple of things occurred to me. 
So this the main character Grunier is is I think the best kind of cinematic hero, the best kind, a hypocrite priest who preys on young women in the town and then abandons them when he's done with them and or if they don't get pregnant. Okay, a vain and proud like sort of pathetic man who likes the finer things, but through the false accusations, the fabricated evidence, the lies of everyone involved, uh, and and obviously the power grabs at the higher end. And the ridiculous trial he's put through, the torture and humiliation, he emerges as a hero, a man of integrity who would not yield when it would have suited him to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get to see one of the greatest things, which is a dreadful man becomes selfless. He dies imploring the people to wake up to the fool's bargain they've made. Mm-hmm. They're all having a great time. They're, some of them are physically well better, much they've got money, they're they're having a party, they're watching this horrible show of him being, you know, burned at the stake. He he tries to get them to see that they're being professionally distracted by the clergy and the state, you know, uh, that are using devils and sex and scandal, which is all bullshit. They all know yeah. it's bullshit. Meanwhile, it's really about what power, money and land. He says as he's burning, don't look at me, look at your city. If your yeah. city is destroyed, your freedom is destroyed also. If you would remain free men, fight fight them or become their slaves. So what an incredible uh, message. And now we need it more than ever. I, I, I'm moved by this. So we have a film from 50 years ago, you know, and this is just taking it one step further. The film, the film could be about any number of things and, and Ebert sort of touched on them even if he doesn't believe them. But I was struck by the way in which lies and smear campaigns were used to bring someone down. You know, this is timeless and very much what we're witnessing now. And also the uncomfortable idea that someone can be unlikable and morally dubious or, or morally bankrupt even and yet in the end capable of, of good, yeah. of good works. And yeah. this is the exact opposite of Doctor Strange and all this comic mm. book shit, okay? Because it's monkey see, monkey do. So the world we live in is a world where good men do bad things and bad men do good things sometimes, you know? And look, I don't want to take it too far because, you know, these, these, are, these are big figures I'm talking about. But, you know, I just was thinking random thing recently. Noam Chomsky during the week said something dangerous. He said something that no one else is saying. He said, you know, there's one person out there, and it's a great little clip. You should really should check it out. He's, he's, he's like a million years old, Noam Chomsky, and he's talking to some young kid. I don't know how these people... Why didn't come on our show? What is, two, what is this fucking guy he's talking to? Anyway, mm. the point is, he, say, he says, there's one person out there who's, who's saying, saying what we need to do about Ukraine. There's one person who said that we need to, you know, de-escalate and sit down and get to the, t- the, the negotiating table and to not you know, saber rattle and talk about genocide and all this stuff that we're talking about. And then he goes on this big diatribe about like what this person's suggesting. And he said, and that person was Donald J. Trump. Mm. So Noam Chomsky gets it. He gets it. He knows that, you know, the right thing can come out of the wrong mm. person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that is, you know, forget those figures for a second that complexity is the world that I want to see on screen. Yeah. Uh, someone who's seen all 29 films of the in Marvel Cinematic Universe and been trained in that way, or someone who watches Netflix dramas with sassy Yas Queen dialogue, you know, what are they going to make of this? You know, like we, 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 
people fucking freak out at ambiguity. You know, they freak out at the idea that someone good or someone bad or someone, you know, like those are the best kinds. We, we think of those those heroes, Travis Bickle. I mean, that's the thing. In tra- Taxi Driver, he ends up like saving saving the life of Jodie Foster, but he's a bad guy mm. and he did it for the wrong reason. So, but he gets a letter from the parents and you've got to live with that. You've got to watch that and live and know about all of that. And, and just, and that gets you thinking. And this is one of those movies from the, from one of the greatest eras as we keep talking about. And uh, I just, I just, I'm just in despair that, you know, and when we get glimpses of this in a movie like Joker or something where, you know, it sort of like hints in the in the general direction of something like the devils. Not I'm nowhere near the fucking country. I'm yeah. talking about you know in the in the waiting area of a, of the airport, uh, to getting to that country. Uh, people go, oh wow, isn't this amazing? Isn't this amazing? Oh, he said, I really care for the Joker, and you go, we are so lost. You know, like we need to get back to this this type of storytelling. And it and I keep saying the same shit. It takes. Well, a little bit of money, courage, independence, not big companies, not um, big conglomerates, not boards of people, not a lot of stakeholders. Keep it small, keep it nimble, get, you know, be exclusionary creatively, you know, but in your heart and and for humans be, you know, it'll be all about inclusion. But when it comes to creativity, be exclusionary, cut out people who don't get it people who are getting in your way, all of those people need to just get, get, you know, that's how you get the devils, you know. And think of all, and just one last thing, the, the courage it must take to do this, you know. And uh, and and so now, you know, that's what I think of this movie. I think it's, a, a, you know, I think it's a masterwork and, and we need the spirit of this right now because I, I was thinking about, it, it did what movies should do. I watched this and all I could think about was shit that was going on yeah, now. Exactly I was like, right. oh my, yeah. I mean, did you get yeah. that? Mm. Like, yeah. You were like, oh my god! Yeah. Like, well, I think there's a there's an interesting parallel with because this film is all about really leveraging faith for power, whereas we're living in a time now where where governments and bureaucrats are leveraging public health for power. You know, mm. so we, we're kind of living yes. through a similar thing right now. Mm. That's right, and and this and and the the knowing lies as well. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a scandemic. <laughs> but the look here, uh, but, look here, look here, look here, look here. Hashtag right. Fauci so, lied, people died. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. So, but but the thing is that that you know you get the feeling though, like like you know I was just watching a clip before AJ got on of of some fucking UK talk show and this 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 lady was doctor was in one of those Good Morning fucking UK shows and she was just calmly trying to suggest something about the vaccine about just saying look we can't traditionally call it a vaccine because it doesn't you can still catch it and you can still pass it on like she wasn't diminishing COVID or saying you couldn't get it it wasn't a real thing but the way that came at her as soon as she said and this is now 2022 this is we're, we're years into this thing and still if you say out loud something like that the way that they were coming at her the spirit of that of that hysteria lives in the devils, you know? And so that's why you watch it and, and you just go, Oh wow, this is, this is timeless, mm. you know? So I feel like maybe as a final point on it, we need allegory, you know, that's because everything's so literal now. Yeah. I've said this before. It's like, he's literally a kid who gets bitten by a spider. 
<laughs> like, it's not, like there's nothing else to read into it. Like I can't go. Well, maybe he's um, the, I don't know. Maybe he's the body politic. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, he's a kid, yeah. and there's been been by Spider. Now he's he's Spider Man. You yeah. know, whereas. Yeah. You know, you've got to do some work with the fucking devils. Like, I don't even know how you're meant to feel at the end. I feel I feel dread, but I'm happy and sad and exhilarated. Mm. And yep. yeah, I don't even know. Mm. Well, I mentioned all those reviews were negative, but the film did make $11 million gross worldwide. It was a, it was a success. So, But not in America. It was a success in Europe. Yeah, that makes sense. That's um, true. Yeah, it made a lot more in yeah. Europe. Yeah, so it made eight to nine million in Europe and two million in the United States. Yeah, yeah, that's what Reed was saying, and that's why they needed to. Fo- that's why the cinema needed to focus on um, everywhere, not not just the U.S. market. He was not saying. just the U.S. Yeah. Well, the U.S. They're so so prudish with everything, you know. I but mean, that was like the majority say, of the market Astro. then. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you say, Astro, yes. you can kill 300 motherfuckers in a John Wick movie, but, mm. you know. Well, that's the thing. It's it, the, the lines of what's appropriate and what's not are so funny because, you know, and we've talked about this with our Verhoeven and Esther House and stuff, like the moment a European director or something comes in and just does what they do, which is they're like, oh, you know, they go to art galleries and stuff and they look at the art and they go, and then it's all blood and, you know, nude bodies and whatever. And they go, oh, well, I, I might try and do that. And then when they do it, People go, fuck, what are you doing? Stop. Yeah. Stop that. Stop it. And you go, what? Are we not, are we not doing no. the, the art stuff? And they go, no. Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> Put the camera down. Okay. Oh, how much did they make it for? Oh, I, I mm. couldn't find that figure. I couldn't oh, okay. find that. Yeah. So I'd be disappointed to find out if they made it for 50. But they wouldn't have. No. <laughs> it looked expensive, though. The, se- the set it, looks yes. The sets are amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. So this is Oliver Reed's favourite film of his own. So it's the favourite film he's been in. Um, Whilst preparing for the climactic demolition of the city walls, a technician mistook a signal from Ken Russell and detonated the explosives before the cameras were rolling. So a large chunk of the set had to be rebuilt. That's massive because at the end of the... At the end of the film, you know, Oliver Reed's character is burnt at the stake and then as soon as he's dead, they blow up the city walls. Um, they do. So, yeah, that would have Ooh. added a few few dollars to the, uh, to the cost there. So supermodel Twiggy and her manager boyfriend were given a brief cameo roles during the court scene and appear uh, as a male courtier and a tall silver-wigged gentleman, respectively. Um, however, once the nuns started stripping, Twiggy walked off set and the pair only filmed one shot. So they were outraged by the nudity and they walked off. <laughs> That's set. when I'd come in. That's when I'd enter. I'd say, <laughs> yeah, I would, crew she's guy. leaving. Yeah. I'd be leaving in. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be saying, oh, like, no, where do you yeah, I'd be like, okay, you tap out. Yeah, you tap out. I'm, I'm in. Where are my shells? So here is a. Really bizarre bit of trivia here, and I've, I've read it in a few different places, So, uh, uh, but I haven't seen the, the film here, so it must be true. 
Despite Warner Brothers not wanting to release the director's cut of the film, a reference was made in the film Space Jam, A New Legacy from 2021, (laughs) where one of the nuns from the removed and controversial sequences makes a cameo amongst the spectators. What What? the fuck? Wow. Why would Warner Brothers put that into Space Jam? (laughs) Well, I could only be an editor or someone who likes Mm. the movie or something. It wouldn't be... That's crazy. But it just makes no, it makes no sense, you know. Yeah. Well, I, it hurts my brain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot compute. Uh, nice. So Vanessa Redgrave wrote in her autobiography that she considers this film, along with The Charge of the Light Brigade, to be the finest example of British post-war cinema and one of the best movies she's been in. She fucking gets it. And she was, she's been in blo- like um, fucking blow up as well. So yeah. You know, that's fucking high praise. Like if, you mm. know, that's a mate, two or two masterpieces. You well, know. and the two leads still being really proud of the work. Yeah. And not going like Molly Ringwald, like, mm. oh, John Hughes, that shot of my panties yeah. in Breakfast Club, <laughs> like what a what's problematic and fuck him and fuck that. And you go, isn't it the best thing you've ever done, bitch? And it's like, yeah, yeah well, you that's know. why we know you exist. You would say that. Yeah, that's right. You would say that. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, I would. It's good. All right. <laughs> so Vanessa Redgrave was expecting her second child with Franco Nero, but miscarried during the f- filming of this film. So. And uh, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, Ooh. says she was cast in the role of a nun. Uh, she was fitted for a costume, but then she found out the hairdresser wanted to shave her head, so she refused and quit. No, no, no. You blew it. <laughs> you blew it. it was, you you hear this often, movie. don't you? Like, actresses, they're not willing to cut their hair for a role. And, I mean, isn't I that, that what you do as an actor? Anyway. Mm. Yeah. My old man was allegedly cast, going to be cast as a bit part in, well, it's like a one of those tiny roles in Gallipoli, and he wouldn't cut his hair. <laughs> It's real. It's a real shitty story. My Fucking story. hell, man. I get it. And it wasn't that good. I've seen pictures. There. It was not I think good, my cous- so. um, my second cousin was in Gallipoli. And there's a scene on really? the beach where um, Mal and someone else are talking and you, and you can see him in the background. Oh, wow. <laughs> like right there. Mm. Getting his camera time. Did he cut his hair? He must or? have. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the lesson is clear. Cut it or you blow it. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell, it grows back, you know. Yeah, no, don't get me started. It's an annoying story. <laughs> so, all right, let me do meter. Let's just knock these off, shall we? I uh, just got a couple of big ones for you uh, because, you know, we don't have all year. There'd be too, <laughs> That's true. quite a lot. So, anyway, a couple of little things. Just a small stuff to begin with. Like, there are scenes where nuns tear their habits off and are shown yet again bouncing bosoms and full bush and buns. Uh, I think all of that speaks for itself. I mean, you know, it's no coincidence, uh, as uh, Ebert has pointed out, that most of these bodies are nubile and, as he would say, stacked. But what for? Just to help men get their rocks off? Films are not works of art. This is something pig men say to just to get women to get it all off, as they would say, all right? The only antidote for all this, as we've discussed before, is to fill all art with endless disgustos, all right? That's once we achieve that goal, then I don't know. Then we can all enjoy ourselves. So, um, the, the whole narrative, really, the whole narrative focus of this movie is is problematic, uh, as they say. 
you know, why are we even watching the story of this cishet priest? Uh, representation is important, and all, all I see in this movie are endless privileged white faces. And what about all the othering that goes on? Sister Jeanne is a proud disabled woman, yet she's treated as a monster, okay? King Louis is clearly a non-binary trans man going through a social transition, yet he's sidelined also. I mean, thankfully, these types of stories have been deemed unacceptable by our overlords uh, and their noble pursuit of diversity over art. So that's all there. So Sister Jeanne is, un as I've said, is unfairly portrayed as a hunchbacked horny liar. <laughs> okay. No one believes her allegations about the beastly Grandier. This, I mean, this was the Dark Ages. I mean, I don't mean the actual Dark Ages. I just mean anything prior to the pussyhat marches of 2020, where <laughs> men thought they could do as they pleased. Uh, didn't you get the memo, Ricky? Believe all women, okay? I, for one, believe, well, that's, you know, that's, I'm not a biologist, but I, for one, believe Sister Jeanne, okay? I believe that Father Grandier formed some kind of unholy union with the devil and then passed like smoke through the bars of the nunnery and ravished her. So what if she says it was all made up? That's not the point. This is the only way to rid our society of the pigs, okay? Aziz Ansari, Johnny Depp. It was all worth it so we could get to the most heinous transgressors, like Louis C.K. The plan is to take out these Hollywood types, okay? That's phase one. Now, I, I, I know what you're going to say, that just today the Taliban reinstated mandatory face coverings for women. Firstly, that's their culture, so don't be racist. Secondly... Just because the Taliban subjugates their women doesn't mean Louis C.K. can call you up and start whacking off. Okay? So, as I said, I uh, got a little lost in that one. So, there's nothing else, really. I mean, did you guys pick out anything uh, other than what I've mentioned? That was a lot. I, I think, I think yeah. it's all there. I think it's all there. Okay, good. Does this one just blow up the me too meter i think so yes well look you know i don't i don't know like it's it's got to be because i actually don't know i don't know whether the, a movie that's this maximalist is whether you show it to the the, the wokesters and they their head explodes or do they find some sort of woke jitsu move to say maybe to claim it to own because it because they're like yeah like, the non-binary guy so like sweet. yeah, they're like that's beautiful. That's a couple of points. And, and that's a and, lot of points. And on. if it's anything, something about tearing down the church, mm. they're into that. Yeah, they like yeah. that. The Guardian likes that, so they're into that. Mm. So I don't know. So maybe I could have written something about the church. But they hate hearing yeah. about transgender people as being murderers or sex pests or anything like that. So well, they that don't would like sort of go against so, against you know Louis the Thirteenth here because he kills motherfuckers and yes. Well, no, because that's right. So it was involved. It was engaging in that sort of othering, um, yeah. where where you know people have complained about this for a long time. So that basically, anyone with the the, the limp, the hunchback, mm. the the gay person, or whatever, is always the the killer or the maniac. So not mm. because he was a king with so much power. No, <laughs> forget no. about it. Yeah, how does that work? He's forget the king, <laughs> and he's and he's trans, but he's also a scumbag, a murderer. 
Well, I've got to get out my intersectional Ouija board and just, like, <laughs> consult the spirits of woke and say, should he be cancelled? Yeah. And then yeah, sometimes yeah. they say yes. Sometimes they say no. He deserved to who who, who would you channel in that Ouija board? Would it be someone like mm. like George Floyd or or everyone or everyone AOC, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Warren? Yeah, um, but they're still Lena alive. Dunham. Yeah, but they're they they they'd find me somehow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they would leave their bodies yeah. and they well Elizabeth Warren's got that got that you know that American Indian sort of. You know, heritage. <laughs> yeah, so, so the doors, like yeah. in the doors, you know, it's some <laughs> yeah. sort of a spiritual thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. So that's how it happens. All right. Well, what do we get at ten? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think like... it gets ten. Like forced really? boiling enemas and and you know, oh, yeah. yeah, and and like yeah, <laughs> like that I initial the, examination the... on the nun and 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 oh, yeah. you know yes. they put up that screen no, and then they're like yeah, the flashback. I would give it ten out of ten. Yeah. I give it ten out of ten, and because the in both scales, so it was it was offensive and a masterpiece. Mm. So yeah. ten out of ten on both scales. Mm. But Pauline Kael's right; he does it. He markets this like he, he. That's why people don't like this movie is because he makes he's selling the hysteria. Yes, in this movie. yeah. And that's that's what I've always said about these filmmakers. I used to say this to my students. So I'd say, you know, you should be into filmmakers that um, not only don't want you to be safe. In fact, they want they want bad things for you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Ken Russell wants bad things for you. He wants you to hurt, and he wants you to not be okay. He, he probably he wants you to not prosper, not be good. <laughs> so, and that and that's great. Those movies are great. Like, why does every movie have to be? Why do I have to leave feeling like I've I've done a yeah some sort of uh, training course for yeah. work? Yeah, that you that you're like meh, and that you'll forget about tomorrow. That's right. You know, you go. Stick. Like you, you know, the movies now are just there to teach you something that you knew already. Like they get you, you leave going, yeah. I guess some, I guess Spider Man, like he can, he can be black too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you go, and 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 you go, and then you go, what, what? I mean, I knew that, but why did they have to teach me that? You but know, or they go like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Or they go like they make a big show of some interracial thing and you're like dude i've been down with that since day one like what what is your problem why are you making such a big deal yeah, yeah. you know and they're like no isn't it like isn't it really groundbreaking go, no the ground was broken a long time ago anyway that's that's that anything else to report on the devils well uh my favorite quote is i'm beautiful i'm beautiful take away my hump take away my hump <laughs> We're leave it on i that, like it <laughs> Yes. No. She, the way she says it is, "I'm beautiful." I'm oh, that's beautiful. right. Yeah. She like sings it. <laughs> like it's really haunting. It's really haunting. And actually, you mentioned it. I know we're going on longer now, but but it's such a great performance. Like it's such a you could never explain to to an actress or to a producer or anyone that anything like that. You could never say, "Well, simply, um, she feels." not beautiful not normal and in mm. her dreams she's she's got long flowing hair and she wants she's got carnal desires and she's you know she wants something she can't have and you could never yep. say that they'd say well isn't she already beautiful and you'd say well it's some may say so some may say that she got a hump and no one wants to be around her because she's of that well, it's not even okay? the hump she... well no it's not the hump <laughs> like it's the but, hump but back and, then and 
But yeah. also back oh, then, like, you know, like what would a hump have meant back then in the 1600s? Yeah. Like now you'd go, oh, yes, I can see. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just a, just a uh, simple, like, some, you know, who knows what happened, you know, but it's we, we can contextualize mm. it. Back then, they probably would think that the devil that, got yeah, into you yeah, or something. True. Yeah, but yeah. You know, it's big so. that they let her be a nun then too, really. You'd think that they would have locked yes. her up. Well, that's, that's where all the, the freaks and geeks would go, though. To nunneries, <laughs> you know, where, where they were just, you know, behind closed doors, yeah. you know, yeah, but, that's right. But but the, but the simple thing of oh, she wants to be beautiful, and that's what she mm. dreams about, and that's and that and and not having something that she wants is enough to destroy the entire town, mm. like you know. And I feel for her as well. I get it. Like that's why it's wonderful. You go, you go. Yeah, I, I feel. I wish you didn't. I wish you had everything you wanted, and I wish people didn't treat you that way, and that it's turned you into this. Um, too now, deep. You've, you've, you fucking blew it. You blew, ruined everything. <laughs> you ruined it. You ruined it. Okay. All right. Well, I got, look, I thought we could try this. So, in terms of where we go next, I wanted to, I'm going to give you three quotes. Ooh. And whichever quote you like, that's where we're going. Okay. Okay. You yep. ready? Quote number one You know, I came in the shower this morning without touching myself. Ooh. Hmm. I came in the shower this morning without okay. touching myself. That's number one. Number two, now we must outfilth the asshole or assholes that sent us this and then they must die. Okay. Number three, you are excrement. You can change yourself into gold. Third one. Oh, I'm, I'm going for the first one. <laughs> of course okay. you would. This is a tiebreaker. <laughs> It's a tie, so it's come down. So the, so the first one was, you know, I came in the shower this morning without touching myself. And the third one was, you are excrement. You can change yourself into gold. I think I know gone. that. What is that from? I think, I think you, if it's a tie, then John, you have to, you have to vote. Oh, this is hard. Okay. Well, I feel like it's time for AJ to see the Holy Mountain. Ooh. Yes. So, this is number three. It's a line from by the alchemist. He says, I didn't do the accent. You are, you are excrement. You can change your stem to gold. Oh, I like it <laughs> even you, more. I would have said If you had done the accent, I would have known where that was from. <laughs> of course you would have. So it's Hodowowski from the Holy Mountain. Uh, and I reckon we're going to do Hodowowski. We might start with El Topo, do some stuff we haven't seen. Let's get into it. We're doing midnight movies. We're doing good movies. We're doing stuff. We're trying to capture the spirit of the age and uh, and and really fucking bring it back. Bring all this back. I want it all back, AJ. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, we said what we said. Yeah. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Le bon moment.